when you run into a Miami alumni, there's just a connection to a complete stranger that like only you guys can share. So it's that small community in a big atmosphere that really, I think, you know, sets Miami apart. Welcome to Beyond High Street. My name is Jenny Derrick, and I'm the Dean of the Farmer School of Business here at Miami University. Today, I'm joined by Will Grant, who graduated with a bachelor's degree in finance back in 2017. So good morning, Will, and thanks for agreeing to do this podcast, Beyond High Street. Yeah, no, thank you, Jenny, for having me on the podcast, and thank you for coming on my podcast as well. It's fun to be on the other side. So so for those who are listening, Will hosts a podcast, I'll get you to talk about that in just a minute, called The Road to the Top. And in this podcast, Will talks to different folk about their journey. And so for me, I was on the other side of the table being an interviewee, not the interviewer, and having to disclose things about my own journey. So before I get into this podcast, Will, why don't you talk about the podcast that you host and, and why the podcast? Yeah, so it really originated. So I was a golf caddy all growing up through uh, middle school and high school and a little bit in college. And, you know, I was able to caddy for a lot of successful um, men and women in their own different domains and establish connections with them. And they would just give me such great advice that, you know, they bec- they are close mentors to me now. And even now I'm like, you know, this information that they share and learning about their journey, like it shouldn't be for just me. Other people can benefit from these conversations as well. So that's really where the podcast originated. The road to the top is people kind of explaining their journey of where they got to now. And a lot of the questions are really targeted for young professionals. So to hopefully give them, you know, a leg up as they think about their career growth. So a lot of different guests come on and it's really exciting to talk to, you know, people in all different areas about their journey. So for those who don't know me or might know me a little bit, I'm a tiny bit competitive. So when I asked Will about how successful our podcast was, he said we were top five. Yes. But of course, that's out of about 17 or 18, but I but I heard the top five. I'm happy with that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so as our listeners know, during this podcast, we weave through a range of topics so our listeners can get to know you, more about your journey and your reflections along the way. So I have to begin with what I think is the most important question. Why did you choose the Pharma School? of business. And as part of your answer, what led you to finance? Yeah, so that's a great question. So um, obviously, when you step on Miami's campus, like I think I actually went in the fall. So how how do you not fall in love with the campus at that point? But, you know, touring around Farmer, it felt like a home to me. And, you know, a a high school professor or teacher told me that Econ 101, regardless of whatever university you go to, the curriculum's all the same. But you, you pick the specific college for, you know, the prestige of it and the network. And Farmer, as you know, Jenny, is one of the top business schools in the country. And I was directly admitted into Farmer and was extremely happy and, and lucky to go to Miami on the Evans Scholarship as well, which I know we'll talk on. Um, but really, that was the main driver as Farmer is because of the network that Farmer has in terms of alumni outreach, which I, you know, we'll get to, too, in terms of you know, things that to set yourself up apart in Miami is establishing connections with alumni. But really finance came down to, I've always been fascinated with um, money and personal wealth, like how people build wealth. I've, ever since I was young, I've read like CNBC articles on personal wealth and talked to the successful people on how did you get to where you are? So that's kind of the backstory of why I chose pharma and ultimately why I chose finance. 
Brilliant. So I want to make sure I emphasize a couple of things that you've said well along the way that you felt the farmer building was home. And I just want to give a shout out to the vision of Dick Farmer. When he gave us money to build the building, he wanted the students to feel like they were at home. And of course, as a COVID dean, I came in and, and people weren't here when I started. But now when I, I walk around the building, you know, it really has that, has got the feeling that it should have that it once had. And many of our first year students are saying exactly what you were saying. They say, when I come into the farmer building I feel as if I'm at home and, that, and I'm so pleased to hear that not only your experience you felt like you were at home but that we've somehow returned back to that as well after the crazy couple of years we've had yeah yeah and I think it's really important with Miami the school size so Miami's a medium-sized school as you know and it's a it's big enough where you don't know everyone but small enough where you walk around farmer you know a couple people could say hi and even upon graduation, so I live in Chicago now where there's a lot of Miami, Miami alumni, but when you run into a Miami alumni, there's just a connection to a complete stranger that like only you guys can share. So it's so, that small community in a big atmosphere that really, I think, you know, sets Miami apart. I love that. So you talked a bit about being a golf caddy. So you were caddying for a long, long time. And 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 talk to me about what drew you to be a, a golf caddy. And at what point did you find out about the Evans Scholar Program? Yeah. So growing up, I always had jobs. I was mowing lawns, you know, working concession stand at the, you know, little league fields. Um, but I saw a news clipping about that, you know, the local country club was looking for golf caddies. I'm like, oh, this is a perfect summer job. Like I, I'm not a good golfer, but I like golf. And so I went through the caddy training process and, you know, caddings for those aren't familiar with it, like you have to go through training, you have to learn how to do it and take tests. But once you start, it's very difficult because you're like one in a hundred. I remember waking up early the first couple of weekends and you look identical to everyone else around you. Like you wear the same smock, the same bib, you're like all middle school size. So you look the same and the first couple of weeks you don't get out and it's really discouraging. And it's kind of the weeding out process of who's going to stick through it. Um, and you know, the first time I actually ever got out, I just was like very nervous to try to keep everything, you know, everything that I needed to do. And, um, I ended up getting like, not a very good rating after my first time out there. And I was really committed to like improving because during the kitty training process, they talked about the Evans scholarship. And I remember going home telling my mom, like, I think I could go to college on this too. And so I knew I wanted to stay with it. And the only thing I knew how to do was just to work really hard. So the next time I got a loop, I just, I was raking buckers for people who weren't even like golfer. I was going above and beyond. And then that started, people started to notice that. So then I would, instead of just showing up, you would get what's called requested. And if you got requested enough, you become regulars. Um, and those regular people have become close mentors to me now and even wrote letters of recommendation for the chick out of the scholarship. So catting really changed my life. Um, and is the reason I was able to go to Miami. So I'm very thankful for that uh, experience. So I had no idea what the process was and how how challenging it is. But but to your point, I mean, they're great life lessons that you learned very young about showing up, about giving it your all, to getting to a point you get requested, and then these and then the support that that has given you along the way. So talk to me a, bit, a little bit about being an Evans Scholar and your involvement with the program and and your service back to the Evans Scholar program. Yeah. So uh, those who are unfamiliar, the, the Chick Evans Scholarship has four main pillars. The first is obviously caddying. So you have to caddy a significant amount. The second is academic excellence. So you have to do well in school. Um, community leadership, you have to be involved in your community and as well as financial aid, right? So there's all those the main aspects. And 
I was lucky enough to get the scholarship, like I said, to Miami. And at Miami, you live in a house with other Evans scholars from all over the country. And um, it was an amazing experience. I mean, people who will literally be at, in my wedding are people I met through that program. So um, I'm very thankful for the opportunity. And, you know, I wanted to always be a leader in the house. And so I became the executive vice president, which really just helped, um, you know, organize events, whether community or social, and really just, you know, be a leadership figure within the house with, especially with the younger uh, generation. And even now, you know, very, very active in the Evans Scholarship Foundation in terms of, you know, financially supporting as well as mentorship and, you know, talking to current students about, you know, just general advice for young professionals. I love it. So, so now you've mentioned a little bit. Oh, before I go into wealth management, no, let's go into wealth management. So, you mentioned a little bit about um, how you were always interested in wealth creation and and got to to you were exposed to a lot of people who have high net worth through the golf and caddying program that you were in. Now you're in wealth management. So, talk to me about your journey through that and the and the different um, cha- the changes you've made along the way to get to where you are. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So. Like I said, I was always fascinated by it, but I think a really pivotal part that I wanted to get into like the advisory space was, um, so my grandpa passed away before I was, I've never known him. I passed away my grandma when my mom was five, but he actually owned a printing company in Chicago. And one day a guy came to his company and said he wanted to open a business, a printing or open a magazine. Um, he had no money to to open it, but he needed an investor. He's willing to give up equity. Jenny, do you want to take any guess of who you think that that might have been in Chicago in like the 1950s? Um, I'm thinking I know, but I'm not going to embarrass myself perhaps with the wrong answer. <laughs> you go. So it's uh, Hugh Hefner. So my grandpa and Hugh Hefner were actually business partners in the beginning stages of, of the Playboy magazine. Um, so essentially what happened later, two years later, is my uh, grandfather got a letter signed by Hugh that I actually have in my um, in my room where he's asking to buy the shares back from my grandfather at a 300% profit and talked about how we don't know the future of Playboy. And because my grandfather needed the money to, to buy a, bus- a machinery for his business to improve it, he actually sold his shares back. And, you know, it's only in hindsight that you could see like, you know, what that could have been. And, you know, I'm very proud of my grandfather for making a decision that he felt was best. Um, But it really made an impact on me that the decisions that we make on a consistent basis, even though that one was a very drastic big one, have a pronounced effect on not only our lives, but our future generation. So that really, I I see my role as I want to be someone that I wish my grandpa had the ability to talk to and why right now we work with a lot of business owners and their families and retirees. Um, But my progression through it is I interned with um, BCU, Baxter Credit Union, uh, throughout college and came on as a what's going on as a client service associate. So very much an administrative role. Um, I got licensed and I then I went down the CFP route. So it's a certified financial planner and I am a CPWA, a certified private wealth advisor, which I believe are arguably the two highest designations in what I do. And really a lot of that is just to, to prove to myself and to you know the clients that we serve that we are taking a holistic approach to every situation with, with clients. And um, what's happened now is um, it's really important in wealth management to find a partner because when you graduate college, you know, you're a very young person and it's hard for someone who 
you to convince someone to literally let you manage their nest egg of life savings. That's very difficult. So what I did, and I'm very happy because I work with a senior advisor, her name's Kate right now. She has a great client base and even so great that it's so much for her to manage in herself. So why she brought on me and it gives me the opportunity to be what's called like a lead advisor or, you know, have a first chair in conversations and lead discussions. And that's really where I'm at now. And, you know, it works really well because I help Kate and Kate as well helps me. And, you know, really all you have to do within Wealth Management once you get in is when you have the opportunity to work with a family, just service them really well. And then naturally referrals and business opportunities will come from that. But you got to stay focused on just providing great service. Oh, that's great. Really good. One more question about your journey through pharma school. And then we're going to go down memory lane. Um, you went to Luxembourg. So talk to me about Luxembourg. Yes. Uh, Luxembourg was one of the best experiences I had at Miami for sure. I highly recommend anyone to um, at Miami, if they have the ability to go to Luxembourg, to definitely do it. Um, I made some of my, like, again, my closest friends while at Luxembourg. And I think the biggest thing that the biggest two things was that first is that you become comfortable with being uncomfortable. You're completely out of your shell in Europe. Um, and you get to open your perspective on many different things. Like the way that we do things may not make always make sense. A lot of other countries do things that make sense more efficiently. So it allows you to really open your eyes and develop uh, close connections with other Miami alumni or uh, Miami um, students and alumni as well. So I loved my Luxembourg experience. The professors were great. Being able to travel every weekend was awesome. And um, it was honestly one of the best things about my Miami experience. And I think that that's really what sets Miami apart is the ability to take your core Miami classes in Luxembourg. So good. I I am going to go back a little bit more to wealth planning before I go back. I'm just thinking of a couple of other things I wanted to ask you. So when I look at your LinkedIn profile, you will first, you've talked about being a certified financial planner. You've talked about being a certified wealth, a private wealth advisor. You've also got series 763 and 65. So talk through each of those, especially for students who might be listening and, and, and explain each of those and, and how they might link to different, to different things you've learned during your time at Pharma, um, how challenging they were to pass. So, so whatever narrative you want yeah. to give us, it'd be great. Thank you. Yeah, no, I will for sure. So it's, I'll give you a timeline of how usually it's done. Yeah. So when I became a CSA, you have to get your series certificates or licenses first. And that's kind of the baseline for what we do. You have to be licensed to be able to provide advice and to actually buy and sell securities for clients. So the Series 65 allows you to you know, give advice, financial advice to someone. And the Series 7 um, allows you to actually transact securities, so buy and sell. The 63 is just a complementary to the 65 in terms of being able to provide advice. Um, so once you get kind of your baseline, like I said, the CFP and the CPWA, you have to meet minimum years of experience and you have to go through a more in-depth um, months to almost years um, education courses and you know pass some pretty tough exams. So but the CFP and the CPWA, as I mentioned, I think are kind of the end goal because of the time dedicated to do that. And you have to do continuing educations. You know, you have to constantly stay up to date on tax issues, estate issues, and, um, you know, investment planning items. So when you are looking for 
you know, ultimately advisors to work with, or if you want to go down at your path, like really those are the the highest designations and the series exams are kind of like the baseline that you, everyone needs to have. That's great advice. So thank you for that. So now we're going to switch gears. And, and I know we talked a little bit about your time here at Miami with, with the Luxembourg and different things, but we go down memory lane for just a little while here, Will. So, so when you look back at, on your time at Miami, who was your favorite professor? So a uh, great question. My favorite professor was Professor Um. So he taught economics, as I think still teaches at Farmer. And what was great about um, his class is that he broke down what are really complex economic topics and theories into digestible, easy to understand concepts. So I usually thought of economics as maybe not my strongest suit, but he made it so simple that you can follow it. And I think what's, you know, really interesting about his class is he would call on students. You know, if he, if you weren't necessarily paying attention, he would have no problem calling you out. And, you know, you always had to stay engaged, but he was such a great professor. And I think, you know, any student who's looking for a good econ professor, I think you should definitely give them, um, you know, some thought. And also he's very, awesome at reaching out or touching base after class. Like he's very personable and just gave really good advice, even outside of the economics, you know, realm. Very good. And what subject, not professor, but what subject did you least enjoy? Oh my gosh. So I took a derivatives and uh, futures uh, class at Miami and, you know, I do, I deal with it a little bit now, but it was such a difficult class. I remember thinking, you know, I, I had some classes during my senior year that, you know, you didn't necessarily have to take, but like I had a general interest in it and you do things like go through the back black Scholes model and options and everything. And I just remember thinking after the first couple of classes, man, I'm way over my head in this, but um, that was one of the most difficult classes. But at the end of the day, I mean, really great educational and practical stuff. Now, I think a lot of times you could be in a finance class and think, you know, when am I ever going to use this? A lot of the material that you learn, you will be using in your life and your professional career. So I won't ask you what grade you got. But we'll yeah, yeah, let's keep that out. <laughs> <laughs> so you talked about being involved in even scholar. Did you do other co-curricular activities while you were here? Yeah, so I um, was a part of Phi Chi Theta, so the business fraternity, and that was another great experience as well, just to be surrounded by other um, business students, whether it be marketing or, um, you know, entrepreneurship. Like, I think being able to connect with people who are like-minded or have similar aspirations is really important. And there were so many great networking opportunities within Phi Chi Theta and be able to meet more students at Miami, I think was was awesome. So I was involved in Phi Chi Theta. And I also played club uh, men's lacrosse my freshman year, um, which was a great experience as well. So I try to get outside of, you know, just the regular evidence scholarship to meet other students. And I would recommend that, you know, students really, whatever you're passionate about, try to find clubs or other people that share a general interest, because it's a lot easier to make friends if you have a commonality like that. So my next question, are you a morning person or not? Or put another way, what was your favorite time of the day for class? Yeah, that's so funny. Um, so my girlfriend, she says, it's, I'm crazy because I'm a morning person. Like I get up very early. And uh, my freshman year, I thought I handled my schedule really well, where I had all my classes in the morning, like back to back to back. So I started classes at eight and was done at like 12 or one. And I thought, oh, college, this is such a great thing. Um, that is a lot to do classes back to back. Let me tell you that between study for exams and everything. So after my freshman year, I diverted my schedule to kind of give myself more gaps. But um, 
I am definitely a morning person, but I think in terms of scheduling for students, like you got to really space it out because if you study really hard for one exam, you need a, a break to mentally decompress or to prepare for the next one. And having them back to back is not the best strategy. <laughs> good, good lesson. What was your favorite night of the week while you were at Miami? Oh, um, yeah. Tuesday night was a big night. I mean, uh, I don't know if Brick Street still has it, but their 90s night was always a great time. Um, it's just something completely different that I think kind of set out in terms of a social aspect. Um, but I also really love the weekends. I mean, Miami is a beautiful campus and there's a lot to do that people would be surprised. Though in Oxford, we would go hiking on trails all the time or, you know, even go to Cincinnati for like some a baseball game or, you know, like a hockey game there. You know, they have like a little AHL team there. So um, I very much like Tuesdays kind of for a social aspect, but really look forward to the weekends to kind of hanging out with friends and experiencing the campus and surrounding area. Brilliant. So you, you mentioned interning, um, but my question is, is specifically about interning. Talk to me about the different internships you had while you were here. Yeah. So I tried my my strategy during college was just to because I didn't necessarily know exactly what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to go into finance um, kind of later in my career at, at um, Farmer. So I started out at Baxter Credit Union um, where I was in their marketing department. And then I liked marketing, but I wasn't like very passionate about. It. So then the next part, I went to um, the business development side and then eventually ended in the wealth management, like, you know, where I obviously found my passion. But I think the really interesting that I did um, was because Miami has J terms of a very much extended period of time, I was actually able to intern during those that six week period, um, which I think just gives you the ability to try out different areas. Because if you're interested in something, find an internship and you don't have to be paid for it. Just say, well, I'm like willing to help. I want to learn and take every summer or J term to just experience it and see if it's something that you think you can do. Because an internship is the really the only way to get a real-life perspective on the career path that you're considering. I should know the answer to my next, next question, it's a, but it's to do with where you lived when you were on campus. And I know the Evans Scholar House, because I, when I first moved to Oxford, I actually lived right beside it for a short time, and the university owned rental property. It's a whole other story for another day. But do you go into Evans House as first years and stay there the whole four years? Is that how it's set up? Yeah. Yes, yes. So you um, come in as a freshman living in the house with um, – freshmen through seniors um, of all Evans Scholars. So yes, you spend all four years living in that house. Yeah. How many people live in the Evans Scholar house? Oh gosh. It um when I graduated, I want to say we were around 70 or 80. So it's a pretty pretty large amount. And um it's really great that, you know, there the ratio was probably a lot more guys than girls when I was there. But I think now it's a lot more balanced where it's more of a 50-50 split between guys and girls. So it's been awesome. That's good to hear. What's your favorite building on campus? Not uptown, but on campus. Um, I love the farmer school of business. Um, it's the right I, answer. We'll move yes, on. <laughs> yeah, it is. I, it's my honest answer for sure. <laughs> what about um, uptown? What was your favorite building uptown? Um, my favorite building uptown. I'd probably have to say Brick Street. I, I was wondering if you were going to say yes, that Tuesday yes, nights I, at Brick Street. I was yes, waiting for I've that. heard they've done a lot of renovations, so <laughs> it's probably been better than now. There's an upstairs, um, very, very yes. strong structure called a balcony Good. that that seems Good. to be well, well used. Yeah, yeah. What was your favorite place to eat while you're at Miami? 
Oh my gosh, Mac and Joe's. I yeah. love going to Mac and Joe's. They, I think they had a kind of a, you know, when you're in college, you're just kind of scrapping for any good meal. But I remember they had a really good deal, I think like on Thursday nights. So we would always get a group to go there. It was it's a, it's a real yeah. favorite, isn't it? When you, do you come back to campus? And if you come back, do you go back to any of these places? Yeah. So I'm actually, um, so past guest that I had was Mark Ritchie. He's um, very active in the 1809 Capitol, which I know is active with Farmer. And he actually invited me to one of their limited partners meetings on December 1st. So hopefully you'll be around, Jenny, so I could see you in person. So I do plan on coming back to Miami um, in early December. And if any student wants to, you know, meet up for coffee or something, would be a great opportunity as well. But I will be coming back and looking forward to, you know, going to Mac and Joe's and and kind of just walking up and down Uptown to kind of see all the different changes. I'll make sure we get some time. It's, I'm glad that you're coming back for that. And, and please, students who are listening, listen to the offer. If you want to speak to Will about his journey and his experience in wealth management, then Will's your guy. So make sure you, you get a time with him. So if you looked at, at back at any part of your time at Miami, what, if anything, would you have done differently? Yeah, I think that um, I would have tried to to get engaged with professors a lot more. I think that that's such an undervalued experience when you're at Miami, because, you know, you only go for office hours and think that this time is only to go over the curriculum that's, you know, the the professor is teaching, but it's a great opportunity to kind of connect with them and really get their perspective on just sharing, like, hey, this is what I would like thinking of doing. Like, what are your thoughts? Do you have any possible connections with people I could just talk to that are in this role that, you know, would be able to provide any advice? I think it's such an underutilized um, faculty aspect in those people. A lot of professors are just there to help. Whether that be the curriculum or not, I would say that if I were to do it over, I would have just reached out to my professors more and, and you know, the career center to just try to get ahead of, you know, the, the real life um, um, progression of, you know, getting a job and trying to build a career. That's really good advice. Is there a, a course that you wish you'd taken? Um, Yes, I I was an entrepreneurship minor for like a little bit, then I switched to information uh, systems. I wish I took more entrepreneurship classes. A lot of the clients I work with now are entrepreneurs. And so I think it would have given me a better understanding of the kind of the issues that they deal with. Um, and I know the professors in the in the uh, institute are extremely well, you know, world class. So I think that I definitely would have gone back, try to take more courses in that area. Yeah, it's fair. So moving to the last part of the, the um, podcast, when you give advice, you have given quite a bit of great advice through the podcast, including reaching out to professors, getting involved in, in, in the life of the school and the university. But what other advice would you give incoming first years who might be listening to this podcast? Yeah, I think that, you know, the big, the two biggest things, the first is in terms of success, I think it's kids have too much pressure to have everything figured out when they're 18. Um, life is, you know, as we touched on Jenny, when you came on my podcast, life is an adventure. And, you know, you talked about every six months doing something to challenge you. And I think that that's really important. So um, I had a prior guest on my podcast, Lewis, Lewis Severson, who's the executive at Corning. And he talked about the 95-5, which I think is very important for first year students to kind of think about where 95% of your time, you should focus on your current course or your current passion and kind of build a plan, you know, one to three, three to five year plan of um, what you want to do and build a plan to get there, but also spend 5% of your time on something completely different um, to explore different areas and 
see if it's something that you're interested in. Like right now, the podcast is kind of a passion project. And I'm not saying I want to go to a full-time podcaster because I love what I do, but it's just me dipping into that 5% of doing something completely different. Um, so early on, I would say students should kind of have that framework, but don't put so much pressure on yourself to have it all figured out, but at least have some direction. And then the second thing that I think I wish I would have known just early on about just career and, and overall is that I think people's perception of success is wrong. Like you tend to immediately think of success and compare yourself to people who are very wealthy or very have a lot of influence. And when you get into the compare game, there's always someone with more and you always feel like you're not enough to, to a certain extent. But when success, when you measure success as the only measurement to how far you've come, I think you'd be extremely proud of yourself because only you know the big, you know, the challenges that you've had to overcome and the obstacles. And you'd be so proud of yourself um, if you look back, you know, and, and saw how far you come. So I think when people think about success and career, it's I don't I think it's always great to to want big things and to set goals and and you know have have nice things, but just do it for you. Don't do it for anyone else. And I think that if I would have known that back then, I would have done a lot more things for myself and instead of maybe trying to portray myself a certain way. I think that's so important. I want to dig into a couple of things you've said. I want to go back to the derivatives course that you took. And again, we didn't ask you to disclose grade. <laughs> maybe it was high, maybe it wasn't. But <laughs> that's for you to tell. But but I, I dig into that too, because there's so much pressure on students around GPA and having it figured out. You've already alluded to that. And we're a very competitive school. We're quite rigorous. And there's a lot of... Um, you know, we're at that time of the year where there's a lot of chatter around who's landed jobs, and 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 of course our students do land jobs in very high profile, high brand organizations. Mm. But can you wrap around that again and and just reflect back because I think do it for you is a really good piece of advice, and and I think too when you and you're dealing with really high net worth individuals and wealth mm -hmm. planning. And and life is such a journey, isn't it? And it just takes so many twists and turns that that how we define success when you're through college and how we define success when first when you yeah, that first day out of college in terms of where you land, it doesn't define you for the rest of your life. So can you pick up on that comment and just dig into it a little bit more, please? Yeah, I think I have a really interesting perspective on the the GPA because GPA, when you are in a candidate pool, you know, let's fast forward to your senior year and you're applying for jobs, it's a huge factor to be able to filter out thousands of applicants, right? Who has a higher GPA than the other? Like that is very easy for if your your resume is one of thousands to kind of um, you know, split the pie a little bit. So GPA is important. Like you should want to do well academically. You want to um, be able to have the highest GPA and you know, be in a high caliber candidate pool because it can be a distinguishing factor when you're like I said in a pile of resumes but you know don't let it stress you enough out enough where you're like losing sleep or it's affecting your mental health like you have to really balance a lot of different things and there's a ton of resources at Miami that will help you you know be able to do that but do well in in school just for yourself like don't necessarily do it just to be the highest in your class like whatever that that means like try to get the try to do well for you. And I think what separates yourself, let's say you don't have a good GPA, but there is a company that you want to work for, is your ability to utilize the Miami network to make connections in that company or make connections within that industry. Because people, 
if they are more familiar with you, are way more likely to to keep your resume or to mention you with with job opportunities. So if you don't have a good GPA or if you already have a high GPA but want a competitive advantage, make those connections. Use LinkedIn. A lot of the podcast guests that I have on mine, um, I reach out to on LinkedIn. You know, similar to I know how we got connected, Jenny and. The commonality of being a Miami um, alumni is a huge uh, door opener. So I would definitely recommend doing that. I'm glad you've leaned into the Miami alumni. It's one thing that gives me the greatest joy in this role is just how engaged our alumni are and how much they support um, students and fellow alum and, and, and market. But I think also for the students who are listening, when we talk about the Miami, the farmer school experience, I use the expression of a three-legged stool. It's the curricular, co-curricular and experiential learning. And, and if you think about what we strive for at the school, it's also important that the students who are listening strive to keep balance across those three elements as well. Now, let me expand on that. You know, obviously the, the curriculum and the classroom, what you're taught is important and to your point the grades demonstrate accomplishment and sometimes we have some some missteps along the way we understand that number two the co-curricular experiences and you've talked in this podcast about all of the things you did that were outside of the classroom and employers look for that they're looking for leadership experience they're looking for the multi-dimensionality that speaks to how you will are different to another person who might be lining up for a job and then the third part that's really important too is having the opportunity to, to practice what you learn. And sometimes you can practice that through courses. Sometimes you can practice through co-curricular. Sometimes you can practice through internships. We do a practice through internships, case competitions, any and all of the above. But it's about getting all of those three ingredients mixed up together. It's not one or the other. Otherwise, the stool, the three-legged stool will fall over. So, Will, do you want to comment on that before we move on? Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm so glad you brought that up because I think that that is so important and something that I'm actually like focusing on right now in my career is um, I want to become an expert in, in what I do be seen. And I know, Jenny, you're very much an expert in, in the market research. Like you're very, you know, well-renowned. And I think that a part of that, you, it's not just being smart, but being able to, to teach people certain things. So if you mm. want to set yourself apart, teach, like educate, you know, what I can do now is write blogs about uh, wealth management, you know, videos, um, and do presentations to different groups on specific topics. That's kind of how I've thought about, you know, becoming, um, working towards being like a well-known expert in what I do. But I think it's so important, as you just touched on, is like educate, like teach people something. That is a great way to show leadership and to show knowledge and expertise in a specific area that college students could definitely utilize. So you've touched a little bit on the second part of the advice is for people new in their career. So you've already touched on teaching, giving back. But what other advice would you give someone who's two or three years out? They've landed their first job, maybe moved to a second, but they're now thinking about how to propel their career. Yeah, the best advice I could I could give is um, really build a career path. Like where where do you want to be? in a year, in three years, and five years. Set a couple goals on what it looks like and then map out a plan of how you're going to do that. And know that the plan is going to change. Don't put so much pressure on yourself to have it all done by like the end of the year, but have yourself a, a general framework. And if there's someone who holds a position that ultimately you see yourself in, connect with them. Like ask them how they got to where they are. My podcast is a great platform that people are willing to share their journey and advice. Um, but just work really hard. And I'm not saying, you know, 
work 80 to 100 hours a week when you're not supposed to or you know let it affect other aspects of your life but work smart do a great job help your coworkers, help your company and just expand your network right like get as much good advice as you can and then just work really hard because i think if you work really hard that gets noticed just like you got noticed with me and catting and just like i was getting noticed and what i do now if if clients know that you're going above and beyond and you have their best interests at heart, people will notice that. And whatever role you do professionally, try to help others. And because through helping others, you and in inverse will be able to uh, receive a lot of, I think, accomplishment and and career growth by doing that. It's such good advice. And some of you listening to this podcast will know that I was the dean of the Drucker School of Management and Drucker had his famous five questions that you should always ask. Question two and three, who are your customers and what do they value? And I think the way you've answered the question, Will, is exactly that, like by thinking about who your audience is, what they value, but ultimately, how do you provide value to them and and I think that's great advice so what a fantastic podcast so thank you all very much for your yeah. gift of time to allow me to record this podcast one defining characteristic of the Farmer School of Business is just how engaged our alumni are how willing they are to continue to find ways to support the school, its students our faculty, staff and other alumni so thank you again Will and go well as you continue in your journey beyond High Street Yes, thank you Jenny for having me on the podcast and it's so great to reconnect with you. Thank you.